On this episode of the podcast, Josh tells us a story of a bloody riot fueled by alcohol and America's favorite pastime. Buckle up, kids. It's gonna be bumpy. Oh no. <laughs> Recline that sofa and loosen that tie, because this is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Fleasy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 23, the Jordan episode. Whoop, whoop, where we talk about baseball. And Michael Jordan's best sport. And yes. not even about him. <laughs> no. That would have been a good one. Opportunity lost. Although, I guess you could count it as Jordan's career is sort of like a bad it's baseball a, promotion. It's a baseball it promotion. Is. It is. Yeah. So we'll lead off with that. Bad promotion number one. The White Sox. <laughs> Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Michael Jordan. Playing baseball. Uh, so unless you couldn't put it together already, we we're talking about some MLB history, specifically as it pertains to promotions mm-hmm. in so baseball. Not a not a bad trade or a bad contract, but just a a bad promotional Where idea. Where the front office just like, please watch baseball again. <laughs> please come to our stadium. For the love of God, we need audiences. Well. I love all that nonsense, because front offices make some of the dumbest decisions in this particular area. Uh, we would give a warning to any and all Cleveland Indians fans, but no, you don't deserve a warning. You just have to sit there and think about what you've done. You know what you did. You know what you did. You know Cleveland. what you did if you were there in the 70s. Cleveland in the 70s? Cleveland ever? I love oh. saying that. You can say any major city in, <laughs> in the, the 70s. 70s? <laughs> My God. Just wait till we get into it. All right. <clears throat> there have only been five forfeits in Major League Baseball since 1970. Before 1970, forfeits were a lot more common because teams didn't have enough players, or one team didn't show up to play the game, or the sun went down. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, today we had a game? Are you sure? Before the World's Fair in St. Louis. Or in the case of Game 2 of the 1885 World Series where the St. Louis Cardinals forfeited when management pulled their entire team off the field to protest questionable umpiring. They're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> we're we're out of here. If you, if you can't beat them, don't just leave. Even try. Just get out of there. <laughs> They're calling this unfair. I'm out of here. <laughs> They're martyrs. So we're talking about them to this day, yes. so I applaud. Proud of them. Uh, so of the five forfeits in the modern era... Three have been specifically caused by promotional events dreamed up and brought on by the front offices. <laughs> These promotions may have seemed like good ideas at the time, but they went horribly, horribly wrong. And we'll probably discuss all three of those events in this podcast. But for this episode, we are talking about the most disastrous promotion ever run in MLB history, Cleveland's Ten cent beer night. Oh, yes, boy. So I say ten cent beer night, and what what's the first thing that comes to mind? Doesn't matter the era. That's cheap as hell. <laughs> yes. and, I'm going to uh, go into my. I have this jar. It's not really a jar. <laughs> it's a Christmas tin filled with coins. I'm going to grab all the dimes. Run. I'm not here. even going to grab the dimes. I got like five dollars and quarters on my desk because when <laughs> no, the time no. I borrowed, are you? We swapped money. Oh yeah, yeah. But you can't just use... It's 10 cent beer night. Yeah. We're going to get two and a half beers. <laughs> five beers <laughs> at a time. Five at a time. Yeah, can you have change for a quarter? Here's <laughs> 50 cents, my dude. I am looking forward to drunkenness, fans on the field. Yep. Maybe if we're lucky, a little bit of nudity. Yep. So Riots. most people have probably heard of 10 cent beer night, but there's so much to this story and we're going to take a deep dive in this it's probably going to be a long episode because hey. i have seven and a half pages here i'm thrilled with yeah that. so <laughs> buckle in up for kids. the long haul uh the date is june 4th 
1974. Good day. It mm. is a typical Tuesday night, and the Cleveland Indians are hosting the Texas Rangers in Cleveland Stadium. In order to get more fans in the stands for this innocuous Tuesday night game, management decided to run a special where beer was discounted from 65 cents for a 12-ounce cup to 10 cents. I don't know the math on that, but that is an extreme discount. Yeah, that's, that's like going to the, it's you can get a six pack <laughs> basically for the price of one. Yep. Yes. Now, now ten cent beer night is not inherently a bad thing. I guess in the sense <laughs> no, of like I mean, yeah. as a, before you implement it as a thought. Yep. Ten cent beer night. I'd like a beer for ten cents. But this, yeah, I'd this, have a beer. I'd have two beers. Two this beer wasn't the first ten cent beer night. So teams all over the MLB had done similar promotions with no problems. The Indians themselves did a nickel beer night back in 1971, and everything was just fine. They did it even cheaper. I know. <laughs> but this night was different, and in order to understand how we got here, you're going to need a little history. Mm. So, the Cleveland Indians of the late 60s and early 70s were not very good. They didn't win a lot of games, and their fan base did not take much of an interest in them. That's fair. Mm -hmm. 1974 was actually an up year from the previous five, and the Indians were coming into this game with a record of 24 and 25. Almost so, 500. Oh, no, just a game below 500. Almost mediocre is what I strive for. <laughs> <laughs> no, the real trouble um, had actually begun a week earlier, on May 29th, uh, 1974, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, this was the final game of a three-game series between the Rangers and the Indians. The Indians had just blown out the Rangers 8 to nothing in their game the day before, and players were starting to get chippy. So things came to a head in the bottom of the fourth, when, with a runner on first and second, the Rangers knocked the ball to the Indians' third baseman, John Lowenstein. Lowenstein tagged third, as you do, and threw to second to try to complete the double play. The runner from first was a guy named Lenny Randall, and he uh, disrupted the play with a hard slide into the legs of second baseman mm. Jack Brohammer. That'll cause some issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the Indians were irate about the hard slide, but they didn't get a call. So, yeah, so that's going sense. to fester. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, as you do in baseball, you retaliate later in the game. Hit him with a pitch. Tony La Russa. <laughs> So vengeance came in the bottom of the eighth when Indians pitcher Milt Wilcox started throwing behind the uh, behind Lenny's legs. So the same guy who slid into second, they're like throwing. He's at him. trying like, to take. You're gonna get he's it. warning him. He's like, mm -hmm. if you you do take my like guy's that, legs, I'm gonna take <laughs> your <laughs> legs. I'm gonna take your knees. You'll never dance again. Uh, Lenny Randall eventually laid down a bunt, which Wilcox fielded and tagged Randall out. During the tag out, Randall fully left the base path to truck Wilcox with his forearm. First baseman John Ellis then tackled Randall to the ground and started punching him in the face, which led to a dugout dugout clearing brawl. Yes! We love that. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is in the 70s. Yes. So it's like... No it's a real fight. Barred. It's They're hockey. Throw it's hands. hockey rules. Yeah. As the brawl was broken up and players were returning to their dugouts... Rangers fans started tossing beer and food at the Indians players. Yep. Okay. Catcher Dave Duncan had to be held back by his teammates when he tried to jump into the stands to fight the Rangers fans that were throwing Ooh. food at them. Uh, the game was not suspended or forfeited, and no players were ejected. The game ended in a Rangers victory, 3 to nothing. No one so, was ejected? Yeah, no. The 70s. <laughs> again. Yeah, nowadays it's like, oh, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out, you, you, all the Refs out. everywhere are getting real... Real free with the ejections. Yes. Yeah, now it's accepted it's... hockey. Well, yeah. yeah, well, there are rules. <laughs> there are not in hockey. No, that's the rule. <laughs> that's the rule in hockey. There are no rules. rules. Yep. Uh, so I have a quick YouTube video to show you guys. Um, maybe we can post the link in the Instagram or yeah, Twitter shares. Yeah, for sure. Because it's an important video. This is from this game. Um, but yeah, so basically Randall looks like a, a strong safety hitting a, a defenseless receiver, receiver across the middle of the field as he plows into Wilcox. Looks like John Lynch out there just, like, patrolling He just there. completely runs over him. It's great. That's Ryan Clark on what a, the one guy, the Baltimore guy. That one Baltimore guy that nobody cares about because it's Baltimore. Tony Pollard? He's a cowboy. Different Pollard. 
these There's days. only one person with the one name. <laughs> there are no name repeats. No. I mean, you learned anything. So, after this game in May um, of 1974, a Cleveland reporter asked Rangers manager Billy Martin, quote, Are you guys going to take your armor to Cleveland? Unquote. To which Martin replied, quote, Nah, they won't have enough fans there to worry about. Unquote. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, let's have a tent of beer night to drag more people in. See, that's probably what starts it, because that's a fair all. assessment of, like, there won't be fans there. <laughs> and the Cleveland front office is probably like, oh, just <laughs> we'll wait. get them there. <laughs> Henry Higgins, just you <laughs> wait. Yeah, so all of the, like, radio hosts, like, sports talk hosts in Cleveland were, like, pumping up this game, talking about how they're going to get vengeance. It's going to be a, a, a fight. You know, we're going to take it to the Rangers. Um a newspaper in Cleveland called The Plain Dealer published a cartoon of the Indians' mascot, the wildly offensive Chief Wahoo, mm. holding a pair of boxing gloves with the caption, quote, be ready for anything, unquote, oh. the, the day of the game. If oh, no. It sounds like they're inciting a riot. Like, Let's fight. Yes. It's not even subliminal. No, it's sure straight up. <laughs> So let's talk about Billy Martin, the Rangers manager. Alfred Manuel Martin Jr., or Billy. How do you get Billy? Oh, no. That's the only reason I included it. <laughs> uh, was a major leaguer himself in the 1950s. When he played for the Yankees, he was known as a scrappy enforcer, which was impressive considering he was the second baseman. So he wasn't a pitcher who could throw at people. Yeah. Or like the first baseman nope. who was usually bigger and more mm -hmm. like Bill. Here's uh, a quote from Billy uh, about an encounter he had with an opposing player. Quote, Courtney was coming down to second. Instead of tagging him, I wound up and hit him right between the eyes with the ball. I knocked off his cap and broke his glasses. Unquote. <laughs> it sounds like Courtney had it coming wearing glasses <laughs> on the baseball glasses on the field, yeah. This was the 70s. This was the, the 50s. 50s. Oh, this was the 50s. This is when he was oh, playing. Oh, right, you did say that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm stuck in the 70s. But it's a this beautiful a, time. That's even more so, though. Yeah, this is right? the 50s. Why are you wearing glasses? <laughs> You're going to get hit in the face with a ball. Mm, yes. And he did. And a fist. So, <laughs> say what you will about Billy, but he won any way he could. This often included cheating. So he would cheat, get caught, get fired, and then get rehired somewhere else or by the same organization. During his managing career, uh, he was fired and hired by the Yankees five different times. Amazing. At that point, after <laughs> the like, Yankees know he's gonna cheat. He also played for the Yankees in the fifties. So. After the second time, it's no longer his fault. <laughs> it's everyone else for enabling him. Yeah, <laughs> like you're going to that well three more times after he got you twice. Billy was also a world class alcoholic. Like. Nice. The, so he's charming. Yes. His <laughs> every, idea for that 10-cent beer night. Every stereotype that you think about him, but like an alcoholic baseball player, it's yes. Billy Martin. He was just always trying to fight people, always playing dirty, but he was so proud of being a baseball player. Like, he was, he yeah. loved the game. He's got the extra speed, too, from the lack of a liver. <laughs> <laughs> so as a manager, he would often order his runners to intentionally hit people while running the base path, like we saw with uh, Randall there. Smart. And for his pitchers to throw at batters. During one of his stints as the Yankees manager in 1985, Martin got into a bar fight with his own pitcher, Eddie Whitson. That? You know, I, I should be surprised, but based so far, I have the image in my head already. I'm like, that's that that's par for right. the course. That's, I would have been shocked <laughs> if he hadn't. So according to reports, Whitson was drunk and causing a scene in, a, in the bar of a hotel after a game in Baltimore. Martin tried to calm him down. They tussled for a little bit until Whitson kicked Martin squarely in the balls. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Martin doubled over in pain, but not for long. When he stood up, Martin said, quote, now I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! What? Billy ended up with a broken arm and rib. He was 57 years old at the time. Well, how did the other guy look? Um... He probably better. much better because he was, Even you know, he was super so drunk, the fifty-year-old in his prime. <laughs> yeah, but I really wanted him to kill him. <laughs> he tried. He did not. Not like 
Well, maybe actually. <laughs> maybe. There's a statute of limitations on feeling bad about something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Billy showed up to the stadium for their game the next morning with his arm in a sling, and one of the reporters asked him what happened. He said, quote, I heard it bowling, unquote. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> it, Probably it get was, that checked out. Yeah, no. It, and this, I don't know how you're bowling, but... but uh... <laughs> you're doing a bad job. But this fight with the pitcher was, like, widely reported on already, so the reporter was just trying to bait him, and he was like, nah, I heard it bowling. <laughs> uh, yeah, um wind up and it's one of those ones they track the speed and I, <laughs> we're just trying to throw it as fast as we I can. I really want to try to max out that speedometer down the lane. Oh yeah. In 1977, while managing Hall of Famer Reggie Jackson, Martin got into a ver- verbal altercation with Reggie in the dugout in the middle of a game where he had to be restrained by other Yankee coaches and players. So, yeah. He just fully tried to fight Didn't his own care. player. In the middle of a game. Didn't care who it was. Anytime, Hall of Famer, doesn't any matter. Place. Scrub bench player called up to just cover an injury, doesn't matter. Yep. I'm going to fight him. <laughs> so that's who was managing the Rangers in 1974 when they headed to Cleveland. So let's take a quick second to talk about the city of Cleveland itself, because that also plays into the situation. Uh, in 1969, the Cuyahoga River that runs through Cleveland caught on fire for the 10th time. Yes. Cleveland, where rivers burn. The river burned for about 20 minutes, and the flames reached heights of five stories. Whoa, what? Um. <laughs> no! They opened a portal to hell in Cleveland. Oh, my. Uh, for the tenth time in recorded history, the river caught on fire. There's... I... I just need to process this mm-hmm. and how... What? What? <laughs> There's so much to dig You're into. You're just walking here. over a bridge on your way to work, and then... <laughs> oh, well, the river's on fire again. Not again. You're not even bothered by it yeah. at this point. Like, <laughs> ah. A normal Tuesday. So, uh, this event... And it's also 1969. Like, it's... It's modern times, guys. Come on. Yeah. They're Someone probably, needs to pay attention. They're pro- after that past decade, after that decade, though, they're probably like, whatever. So, past five, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our thing now. <laughs> the sixties. This is so who we tumultuous. are. So this event directly led to the U.S. government founding the Environmental Protection Agency. Hey. So they were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't just let them put anything and everything into the river since it's caught on fire for the tenth time. You know what? That's smart. And smart. Got, Good job. Good maybe Cleveland. they knew. Maybe that was Cleveland's way. They're like, with all the gridlock in Washington, this is the only this way, is, this is the only way, way to, to get listen it done. to us. Some people have to pay a high price. Burn the river. We'll sacrifice what we need to. Release the river. Sacrifice Cleveland. So with the new EPA established and with factories unable to dump anything they wanted into the river, Damn. Cleveland lost about 600 factories and 170,000 people between 1970 and 1980. Wow. Yeah, that'll do it. And we are in the thick of it in 1974. So people in Cleveland are not happy. Unemployment. They're blue-collar workers. And you're just like, here's some... Cheap, cheap beer. Come entertain yourself in in Any the Cleveland Stadium. Be ready for anything. Truly, be ready for anything. So now the scene is set for June 4th, 1974. Remember Billy Martin's comments about the typical attendance at a Cleveland Indians game? So the normal Tuesday night game brought in about 10,000 fans. With this promotion, management expected twelve to 13,000. Yeah, a standard little bump. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess at how many people actually showed up? 17,000. Mm, close, but no cigar. Okay. The official Ten. attendance is 25,134 people. Oh, no. So, oh, no. <laughs> over double the amount they even, their, their high-end expectation. And how many people can... Uh... All of them with just bags of dimes <laughs> and nickels ready to drink. How many people can fit in this stadium? I'd guess like 30,000 maybe. And it's a professional baseball stadium. In the 70s though. This is a, yeah, I have no idea. They're probably at but max capacity. I imagine they're, they're packed in. I imagine they're, they're beyond max capacity. 
So bleacher seat tickets to this game were going for 50 cents. Five beers. So you could literally just bring a dollar and have a really good time. You get a bleacher seat, you get five beers, you're good to That's go. That's all you need. That's... Wow. That sounds like a great day. <laughs> you know, I went to a minor league game like two weeks ago, and one beer cost me $10. But it was a like $2 hot dog. <laughs> That's absurd. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Inflation. But that beer batter struck out. Is that inflation, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a racket, I'm telling you. All right. Um, so it's early June, so colleges had just let out for the summer. Uh, so kids were also flocking to the stadium for this game. So you get a bunch of college kids, promise them cheap beer, and they're all there. They're all like, okay, let's go. Uh, yeah. Also, the drinking age is probably still 18 mm-hmm. at this point, right? So apparently people were showing up already drunk. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Haven't even made pre-game it in yet. Pre-game this! I would love to pre-game a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> it's also baseball, so they opened up the stadium like two hours early. So oh, people had boy. just been sitting and drinking. drinking. <laughs> before the game had even started. Oh, I'm surprised there aren't people already in the on the field. <laughs> right. <laughs> Add to that, it's a hot, humid day, Ooh. and the stadium was a powder keg before the first pitch was people even thrown. People just being grumpy in the Oh, heat. yeah. Being gross. It's and sweat. It is beer sweat. <laughs> and, and people are expecting a fight, so they're all, like, pumped Everybody's up, like, ready yeah. to go. Let's go. <sighs> I wonder how many bets were in place. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, no one made money because the game got forfeited. Yeah, I know. And so a lot of people probably got hurt after. <laughs> yeah. Unless they bet that it would get forfeited. Which would be amazing. Great day for bookies. Um, so management had established very few rules for 10-cent beer night. The only real regulation was that you could only get six beers per customer. At, a, at one order? That's yes. real. Oh. Not six beers Total. per individual. Six beers per transaction. That's, so when you uh, went to the concession stand, you could only buy six beers at a time. Only. Six <laughs> That's beers the only at a time. rule. Yeah. See, I would have lowered that number. <laughs> I've been like six beers total. How do you even you carry six beers at one time? You can't say six beers total. There's no way to enforce that. No. People would just go to you <laughs> yeah, know how big a stadium is. Oh yeah, no, there's like <laughs> ten vendors. And with yeah. all those people, you probably won't even have to go to a different vendor. You could, there's no way that person's going to remember <laughs> each and every person. But six beers at a time. That's still, you can just blow them up. Yeah. That's a good deal. That's a lot of beers. What? People are just handing dimes, just putting dimes on the concession stand and walking away with six beers. Uh, so there wasn't any sort of oversight at all. People would buy six beers, go back to their seats, pass them out to anyone who wanted one, and then just get back in line and get six more because it's nothing. See? For the people. <laughs> that is the sports community, though. Is. <laughs> sacrificial, people have roles looking out for the community. Yeah, yeah, so kids and teenagers were drinking. There was no limit on how many drinks one individual could have. It was just an absolute free-for-all out there. Um, I want someone in modern times to take it upon themselves to try and do this successfully. <laughs> right? <laughs> we can do it. One dog. I promise. It'll be a good, like, social experiment is, like, has our, have our values changed or we just not I allow think, ourselves yeah. to go to that place? <laughs> I think technology has come so far that you would have so much more oversight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr- little drones flying around. Yeah, like, you can only get a beer if you, like, scan your app and mm. then they See, can that's keep smart. up with how or many like, They do, like, that. the armbands for, like, if you're over 21 and then you, like, mark them. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so on top of all of the all the beer flowing, uh, there were firecrackers going off throughout the game just constantly because it's the 70s. No, So what? everyone had firecrackers for no reason. I just stand bang, by bang, that. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Okay, so sure. There's, there's, they were exactly that rhythmic. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. So bang, there's bang. smoke everywhere, um, just these loud explosions going off. Nice. And on top of that... Some Indians fans had brought in war drums and were banging and chanting them from the bleachers. So it, it's a complete war zone out there, and the game hasn't even started. I love this. Players <laughs> are like just getting into the stadium. Like, what is that? Is the stadium on fire? Has it always been like this? Now, I'm assuming that these beers are in plastic cups, yeah? Yes, for the most okay. part. Good. Yes. Good, good. For the most part. <laughs> bottles everywhere. I'm sure there are some bottles oh, we'll in the Oh, we'll get mix. to it. <laughs> we'll get to the bottles. 
So those are fifteen cents. The game starts. We've arrived at the game itself. The Rangers jumped out to an early lead with a home run in the second inning. Just a few pitches later, the nudity begins. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes! Oh, no! Uh, a woman sitting near first base ran out to the Indians' on-deck circle and flashed her huge breasts to much applause from the crowd. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. And they... Cr- We're in the second inning. <laughs> They're already losing. They need something to cheer everybody yeah, up. Yeah, it's a rally cry. She then tried to run over and kiss the head umpire, but was escorted away before she could get to him. Well, he was married, so... So, yeah. It would have been very problematic. <laughs> <The> taboo. <laughs> Honey, I'm busy right now. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, back to the game. The Rangers hit their second home run in the fourth innings. Back to the nudity. That's Fine. when a man... Home run equals... Yes! <laughs> A All man, right. butt naked, ran onto the field and slid into second. Hard. Like, oh. <laughs> ah. Yeah, his legs are going to be torn up. Yeah, oh my god, that would hurt so much. <laughs> but did he take someone's legs out? No. Ah. He was safe, though. So. Oh, hey. Give him a contract. <laughs> He's in scoring position. Give him a beer, give him a contract. No. <laughs> he then was able to run off the field and was never caught. So. Yes. <laughs> He had his my moment. hero. My he had man. his moment in the sun and then faded off into the distance. See, that was what the woman's problem was. She went for two high-profile yes. locations. Yes. She went for first base. She went for and the then she tried to, and then, oh, she, and then she went for home. Yes. Yes. And then she tried to touch someone, and that's yeah. when you get in trouble. No, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. <laughs> get in, get out. Go down uh, in history as the nameless hero. One inning later, a father and son team ran onto the field and mooned the fans in the bleachers. You love to see that. <laughs> it's just they didn't talk before. <laughs> no, they just kind of did. That game repaired their relationship. Years, years of therapy and mooning. Um, earlier on in the game, before the mooning, Cleveland's Leron Lee hit a line drive into the stomach of Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins. Ouch! The crowd took up a chant: "Hit him again! Hit him again! Harder! Harder!" Uh. Give him the chair! <laughs> Give him the business! <laughs> uh, penalty on uh, number 52. He was giving him the business. <laughs> Give him the business. Oh, so that's the vibe in the stadium right now. Everyone's naked and drunk and just having a fun, silly time. Seems chill. It's the 70s. Yeah. Cleveland. Dionysus hanging out. Oh, no. At this point, the demand for alcohol has outpaced the rate at which concession stands could supply it. That seems fair. So the Indians started to have fans line up outside the outfield fences and just drove the beer trucks directly to them. So instead of refilling... Like Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> driving a beer truck into the ring and spraying everybody. This uh, is amazing in the fact that they acquiesced to this. They did. Like, they're all, like, right. all right, yeah, we'll Guys, get you the beer. The only problem we've had so far is we don't have enough beer. We'll just bring them the trucks. They'll be, we don't even have to refill the concession stand. Sure, we've had issues with nudity. <laughs> and it's probably going we've to had be two soon. streakers, a uh, couple flashers. It's uh-huh. fine. We're fine. Chance for violence. It's okay. Normal uh, Tuesday in Cleveland. So there were two teenage girls serving the beer. Oh, no. That's it. That's the only, only uh, official people those there. Those poor oh, children. No. The 70s, man. What? What an ill-advised <laughs> idea. Just grown men being like, beer me. Here's a dime. Give me a beer. The number of employees and the fact that they were children. <laughs> uh, so to no one's surprise, the crowd in line for the beer trucks got so rowdy that they took the table uh, that the girls were, you know, serving from and threw it over the beer trucks. So they were just like, get this out of here. We don't need it anymore. The origination of the Bills Mafia. <laughs> the uh, two teenagers took this as a sign that it was time to leave. So they just dipped. That was smart. <laughs> smart. They, smart. they, like, they, do, they are not getting paid enough to no. do that job. They're probably volunteering, <laughs> honestly. And, and now it's just free beer. So people are drinking out of taps and they're just like fully it's just like crazy. imagine a gas tanker <laughs> but it's filled with beer and it's just a long hose <laughs> and they're just spraying just spraying it all over each other. So throughout the game, uh, people are just throwing anything they can find onto the field. Fair. Food, batteries. One guy brought a tennis oh. ball that he threw onto the field and then ran to retrieve. 
He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to play catch. Yeah. He had recently lost his dog, so... <laughs> oh, trying to find him. <laughs> no, no, Westover, he lost his dog. Oh, no. <laughs> you pure, oh, sweet no. angel. <laughs> so the grounds crew was constantly running around just trying to keep the field clean. Um, and then the crowd started using the grounds crew as target practice. Plus <laughs> we went to the driving range. Well, yeah. If you're not aiming for the workers at the driving range, I don't <laughs> know you why you're there. Yeah. Uh, Rangers first baseman Mike Hargrove had hot dogs and cups of spit thrown at him by people in the stands. I would take the former leap of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just wait, though. When asked after the game, he estimated that he had close to 20 pounds of hot dogs thrown at him. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> How many did he eat? <laughs> oh. mm, at least four. Uh, at one point, Hargrove got, was nearly hit by an empty gallon jug of Thunderbird. Do you what know is... Thunderbird? I do not. You're going to have to tell me. It's, it's from the 70s, so I'm not surprised. Oh. I had to Google it, too. Thunderbird is a flavored, fortified wine that comes in at about 20% alcohol. So people were bringing so like pork, <laughs> and it's a gallon jug. <laughs> Do they still make this? <laughs> we should so. find But I think some. they've dropped the percentage now that we're not in the 70s. Ugh, the Thunderbird Challenge. Oh my goodness. So yeah, so that was, you know, legitimately dangerous. And it was the first time that the Rangers players uh, actually got, like, started to get scared. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. See, no, but here's the thing. You can't show fear in front of these fans. <laughs> you can't show fear in Cleveland. Exactly. <laughs> Never show fear in Cleveland. Uh, so there were so many streakers throughout the game that they started to leave their clothes in a pile in left field. Smart. There was a designated place for the streakers to leave their clothes as they ran across Please the field. Please tell me that pile gets burned. <laughs> Probably. Everything gets burned. <laughs> that would be amazing. At one point, when a lady who had run onto the field was tackled by park security, the crowd started to chant police brutality. So, <laughs> topical. <laughs> Especially in 74. Pick a decade, honestly. <laughs> really? <it's> topical. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, at this point, packs of fans just roamed the field as the game continued on. Hey, man, uh, um, just... Don't mind me. I'm just going to sit here in the uh, right field here. You just keep doing your thing. I'm going to watch from here. Imagine being the head of security and then realize it's like a zombie movie. It's like, they're organizing. <laughs> <laughs> They've grown intelligence. <laughs> they have pack mentality now. <laughs> uh, so the promoters of this event did not get any additional police presence. Do you guys want to guess how many security guards they have? Fifteen. Oh wait, wait. What was the 15, total? Fifteen, What was the total number of people there? Twenty-five thousand one hundred and thirty-four. They had two hundred. They had fifty. They had fifty. Oh no! Fifty security guards. There's like five hundred people to one security guard, if that. Math is hard. Oh, uh, Robocop. Oh, <laughs> Robocop would have trouble with that. Oh, yeah, so any police officers that were there were probably just the drunkest among among the fans. Yeah, they're like, we're technically off the clock. <laughs> it's fine, let's party. Uh, later in the game, the Rangers argued a, car, a call where Leon Lee was called safe in a close play at third in which he spiked Ferguson Jenkins with his Ooh. cleats, causing Jenkins to have to be removed from the game. Nice. The Rangers' challenge of the call enraged Indians fans, so they started booing and throwing more stuff onto the field. More stuff than they already were throwing onto the field. Ugh. As Billy Martin walked back to the dugout after yelling at the umpire, he blew kisses to the crowd. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. This is antagonize them. No, it's Billy is, Martin. He's egging them on because this this is his tribe. These he are his wants people. to fight them. He's ready. No, this is the, you know... This is just the dream for him. <laughs> this is everything. This is what he baseball's wanted. about. So then someone tossed lick firecrackers into the Rangers bullpen, which had to be uh, evacuated. Yeah. No, just one player <laughs> jump on it and the rest. Throw will a be glove fun. over it. <clears throat> you put on the. You have the pitcher that just pitched last game jump on it because he's right. you know he's useless. He's got time. So now whenever there was a pitching change, the pitchers had to warm up warm up on the field, which delayed the game even mm. further. So it's just Strange. adding to the chaos. Tell them to warm up in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, do anywhere else, really. Um, all right, so we're in the bottom of the ninth. Hey, We've we made it here. Made it. Uh, the Indians managed to make it a game and tie it at 5-5. Five to five. 
Nice. I remember they were down five to one early. The, I also early like that game. this is a good game, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Indians had Rusty Torres on second base as the potential winning run. This is when 19-year-old Terry Yerkick decided to run onto the field to steal the hat off of Rangers outfielder Jeff Burrows. Oh, no. Nice. Don't nice. go for contact with a player. I actually just had the thought. I'm like, bottom of the ninth. Cool, we're getting there. We're getting there. And then I remember you said this game was forfeited. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> they got were so close. <laughs> they almost had it. They were right there. Oh, So sweet young Terry um, <laughs> grabs Jeff's hat. And as he turns to run back into the stands... Jeff kicks him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's surprised. Got reaction. I, my guess was going to be a nice collar grab. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's <laughs> terrifying. He's oh. like, I'm running collar grabbing. <laughs> Remember me? Ah! That's when that's when you're getting taken down. You throw the hat into the stands. Yes. Then you're As a, a memento. Yeah. Uh, but Burroughs also lost his balance and fell down with Terry. Yes. So, Get him. So from where Billy Martin and the rest of the Rangers players are in the dugout, they can only see up to, like, an outfielder's knee. Oh, it's super mm-hmm. low. Yeah. yeah. So when Burroughs goes down, they can't see him anymore. So Billy thinks his player just got attacked by him. Like, they just see this kid run up from the stands, like, do something with Jeff, and then they both go down. Yeah, that's a fair assumption. So... <laughs> Their reaction is, oh, it's on. Oh, so Billy turned to his team and said, quote, Boys, let's go get him. Unquote. <laughs> yes! Oh! Billy and the Rangers armed themselves with bats and headed to the outfield to rescue their man. Yes, that, I like this. Once again, the community of sports <laughs> is so Bringing strong. a team together. Uh, they got there to find Burroughs flustered, but unhurt. Um, but this show of aggression changed the tone of the crowd. Gone were the carefree streakers and the funny chants. Now the fans had turned into a mob. Yeah, they just threatened one of their own. The littlest man. <laughs> the smallest. A small child. A large number of intoxicated fans, some wielding weapons such as knives, chains, and clubs fashioned from pieces of the stadium, surrounded the Rangers in the outfield. Just oh, ripping pieces of the stadium. No. It's 25,000 to like... 20. This is just a zombie movie. Yes. Like, we realized this. 200 fans surrounded the 25 Rangers with more pouring in onto the field. Oh, no. Um, Danger. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> yes. And then they died. The end. Um, so this is when Cleveland's manager, Ken Aspromonte, realizes that the Rangers' lives are like might be in legitimate danger. So he orders his players to arm themselves with bats and sends them in to help the Rangers. Once again, the community <laughs> of baseball, the Rangers, sports, can overcome all <laughs> animosities. <laughs> the Rangers and the Indians have to be so close after this encounter. Like, this is... They this may is have hated war. each other. It's from enemies to lovers. It's, it's a classic story. It's a literally a war out on the field. Like, it's us versus them. We all have bats. They have knives and chains. <laughs> knives Who and brought chains, chains to this baseball game? <laughs> it's the 70s <laughs> in Cleveland. No, no. Um, boom. So, Indians players start attacking their own fans with bats as they break through the crowd uh, surrounding the opposing team. Fans started hitting players with steel folding chairs. Give him the chair! <laughs> yes. Cleveland relief pitcher Tom Hilgendorf knocked out a fan in a fist fight and had to subdue another on his way to the Texas dugout. Those are some All good right. stats. Yeah. <laughs> For fist fight stats, that's Pretty good stats. Uh, he doesn't come out unscathed, though. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say he doesn't come out. <laughs> he doesn't come out you just he see him disappear into the, the crowd. <laughs> He's like, I quit! No, Westover, once again, pure, sweet, innocent Westover. He's torn apart by the crowd. (laughs) Right, this is a zombie movie, right? Oh, no. Uh, So Hilgendorf was the only major player injured. Uh, He got his head split open when a fan threw a chair off the upper deck that hit him. Nice. That fan just (laughs) hucked it and was just like, let's see what happens. That's like in those movies where they're like, oh, well... Most recent thing I can think of a, uh, is an Endgame, where Thanos is like, fire the, the uh-huh. lasers. He's like, we'll hit our own men. He's like, do it! Do it. <laughs> that chair could have hit a fan. <laughs> but sometimes you just have to do it. Sometimes you head at Hilgendorf. Um, so where were we? 
the teams, yes, the teams made it off the field through the dugouts with players protecting one another. The players fled into the clubhouse and locked the doors, but now it was just a full-on riot on the field. Fans pulled up bases and anything they could find. Rioters threw rocks, bottles, batteries, radios, hot dogs, popcorn, and chairs. At one point, the stadium organist, with nothing left to do, started playing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. As yes. the riots well. That's Me just out to the You know, there's got to be someone game. somewhere that has the home plate from this game yeah, just sitting thinking, in their attic. None of the bases were ever recovered. Oh. That's awesome. <laughs> what great memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, so Chief Umpire Nestor Chilak was struck in the back of the head by one of the rioters with a piece of stadium seat. As he left the field, bleeding from his attack, he forfeited the game to Texas. So, <laughs> he's like, oh, God. He's like, this is Cleveland's fault. <laughs> you win, I guess, Texas. Uh, the riot continued for a good 20 minutes as the radio broadcasters Joe Tate and Herb Score continued to do play-by-play. Play. <laughs> Those are yes. great. You know, God bless. Yo. <laughs> I would like the full recording I would, of that play-by-play. Me play. too. Uh, they were just like, oh, it's an absolute tragedy out there. It's an absolute tragedy. And that young man out there is gone against Hilgendorf. Eh? And now Hilgendorf's taking a chair to the head. Oh, Hilgendorf's the second. <laughs> Hilgendorf, he could go all the way home. Oh, well, Hilgendorf. Hilgendorf is down. Hilgendorf is down. <laughs> Send in a medic. Good night and good luck. Good luck, America. Eventually, the Cleveland SWAT team was called in to break up the party. SWAT. The SWAT That's amazing. Team came in. But half of them were already there. They were already <laughs> the game. drinking. The Indian players escorted the Rangers to their team bus with no further incident. Ooh. After the game, Cleveland general manager Phil Segge blamed the umpires for losing control of the game. What? <laughs> Not at all. Well. <laughs> the person who's clearly responsible. Well, have you thought about those have guys? You thought about it not <laughs> the, being our fault. The chief umpire got hit and he was bleeding from the back of the head. It's like, oh yeah, no, it's his fault. He should have kept order here. Yeah, what a wild day for him. He almost got kissed. <laughs> he almost got kissed yep. by a random topless yep. woman, and, and, and then, then he got his head split open. He had a good game going. If that ain't a metaphor for life, the uh, the sports news wrote quote. Segi's perspective might have been different had he been in Chilak's shoes, in the midst of knife-wielding, bottle-throwing, chair-tossing, fist-swinging drunks, unquote. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Right on. Out. <laughs> the American League president, uh, Lee McPhail, said, quote, there was no question that beer was a part of it, unquote. Well, it was everywhere. No. <laughs> no, Lee, you don't say. Oh, Pretty Jesus. sure that stadium... Stank of beer, stale beer. <laughs> to his like you can still smell it. And I also like how Cleveland always goes back to the beer. Well, they sell remember it's like the next time Cleveland win, the Browns win a home game. Beer fridges, everyone. <laughs> yeah, when we had they hadn't won in a whole year, they're like, yes, it's hard. Let's unlock a beer fridge. Everyone. It's hard to be in Ohio. It is. Yeah, you have, have to be to drunk. Drink. You gotta be drunk. It's the to be Midwest, in Ohio. really, but I'm going to target Ohio for this particular sure. instance. They deserve it. So all in all, 60,000 cups of beer were consumed. There were 19 streakers, 7 emergency room injuries, and 9 arrests. Only 7 emergency room injuries. The well, arrests that's just I understand because <laughs> that's about as many cops as they had available. <laughs> well, that's just emergency room. That's not counting like, oh, I scraped cups my arm a little and, bit. That's, oh, yeah. the, that's the, you gotta go to the hospital for that one. You're bleeding out, my man. Yeah, I'm still shocked. Still that was shocked. Only seven. Yeah, no, that's fair. But, oh. yeah. So that is Cleveland's 10-cent beer night in all of its glory. That was amazing. And what glory it is. I loved that. And now that Josh has presented one of the worst decisions in MLB history, we're going to present our own proposals to those GMs we think uh, need our amateur help. And in honor of the story this week, we shall be pitching our own promotions. Yes. Uh, so Josh, why don't you kick us off? I would love to. My promotion proposal goes out to all the baseball stadiums in states where recreational marijuana is legal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Already. The opposite of Ted Said Beer Night is my promotion, Weed Wednesdays. Mm. These ballparks will need to set up a dispensary in the stadium where fa fans can come and purchase weed-related products. 
There could be edibles like gummies, cookies, and brownies, as well as smoking options like vapes or blunts. Uh, you would probably need to designate a smoking area for people that want to exercise the smoking option. But Fair. Other Fair. than that, it's... Figure out which way the wind's blowing and pick <laughs> the left field stance or the right field stance. Like we were saying stands. before, we have the technology. Yes. Uh, now, the nice thing about baseball games is that they're three hours long, which is plenty of time for an edible to take effect. So instead of giving fans alcohol that can lead to you know violence and aggression, learn from the mistakes of Tencent Beer Night and give the people weed, which will make them giggle and chill and get hungry. Give them to the players, too. <laughs> I guarantee that you... That game would take so long. <laughs> yeah, it'd be the best, though. Can you imagine, like... I would just like to go watch a sporting event where it's like all the players are required to either be completely hammered uh-huh. or, <laughs> or high out of their intoxicated minds. Intoxicated like, in some form. Like we see, like I would love to see an Olympic competition where everyone was allowed to take steroids. Yep. I would also like to see the opposite of that, where everyone, <laughs> <laughs> the average Joe. Well, no, still professional athletes, but, like, okay. impaired beyond yes. belief. Yeah, okay, okay, what, okay. Do you know what the basketball player it was that was, like, I was high for every game I played my entire career? Um, it was some rotation player that I can't think yeah, of. Yeah, no, no, no. It was, but a solid rotation yeah, yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. So it, was like, it was a name. It was a bigger name uh, player. A like. name you'd recognize. Anyway, that's, I just want everyone to be like him. Uh, I also guarantee you that if you ran a promotion like this, your hot dog and nacho sales would skyrocket. Yeah, so that maybe, actually yeah. is really you smart. You just jack those prices up while you while you distribute the weed, so do it. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Just a chill night. Can't be as bad as 10 cent beer night. It so. can't. <laughs> in the modern age, nothing can be it's as impossible. bad as 10 cent beer night. My promotion would probably work best for minor league teams to start but I think it would be interesting to see in a major league setting as well. All right. My promo is called, if it's that easy, why don't you do it? Mm. You know, when you're watching a game and someone makes a silly error in the field or swings at pitches that are obviously out of the strike zone. So silly. You whine, you complain, you're like, <laughs> you're about so them silly. Not doing Stop their job. So silly. <laughs> you complain about them not being able to do their job well. So this promo is an opportunity for fans to get a real taste of what it's like to being a professional athlete. And also a little chance for the pro to show how difficult their job actually is. Before the game, the home team would hold a raffle that goes off between several innings throughout the game. So like the third, the fifth, and like the eighth. The winner of these raffles then get a chance between innings to go against a pitcher who's partially warmed up. Somebody who's uh, like pitched like the day before or... Um, just pitching in, in three days. Yeah. You know, like pitchers do. Or they yeah. just hire someone like... Uh, or like the, the freeze. The freeze, with, uh, yeah. yeah. They just they have someone, somebody, that's their job. Mm-hmm. And if the fan can get a solid hit off the pitcher, the fan can win a prize ranging from like free snacks if they hit like an infield uh, single or something to like a signed jersey or box tickets depending on how good of contact they hit. What if they rock a home run? They are now the owners of whatever they win the team. No, team but like something big, like that, I'm like in. signed jerseys or like yeah, they're no, expensive. I like that. Now, do they get a full count or do they just get one pitch? Oh, they get a full count. Okay. They get a full at bat. Yeah. But if they strike out, the team kills them. Has the opportunity to dump Gatorade on the fan and heckle them like fans do to them. Nice. Yeah. I think it gives the team some good, lighthearted <laughs> fan interaction while also showcasing. That while they're playing a game, it's much harder to do what they do than people think it is. If they strike out, the team gets to throw 20 pounds of hot dogs at them. Just like old (laughs) Mike Hargrove. If they strike out, the team gets to beat them with a bat. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Billy Martin's dream right there. (laughs) My promotion proposal goes out to all franchises that share a city with another professional sports team. Sorry, Oakland. (sighs) Dwindling. (laughs) My promotion is Crossover Night, or City Crossover, Crossover City, whatever. You can play with it. But it's no secret that baseball is not close to being the most popular sport in the United States. Statistically, it ranks third in popularity, barely beating out soccer and ice hockey. And its popularity is ever decreasing comparatively to those sports beneath it. Mm -hmm. So why not capitalize on the popularity of your city mates? You could sell limited edition merchandise and pull in fans from the other major sports. It would be fun, a little stupid, and definitely profitable. 
maybe you could do like discounted tickets if you wear like like if you're in Pittsburgh, if you wear a Steelers jersey to a game, you yeah. just kind of take it. Like or something just like that. create this kind of unity between your different sports teams. You could even you make unique, jer- unique jerseys for your team to Ooh, wear that cool. has like. Obviously, there would be some regulations about what <laughs> you're allowed to. Like, you couldn't just oh. have Steelers on it. <laughs> sure, but you, you could, could you do could use the, like the color block designs of color, the jerseys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you could mimic your partner city's jerseys, or even make a fun new logo while still maintaining maintaining team name like mm-hmm. florida for instance you could have the marlins and the heat but you have the marlin on fire jumping through a ring that'd be amazing <laughs> I, not the rings on fire. i like the, the marlins, marlins i like the marlins color scheme within the heat's jersey yeah but similar to their vice jersey but yeah i honestly think the whole city of miami should really lean into the lights other than the dolphins dolphins color scheme dolphins. and jersey there's iconic. classic yeah but yeah i think it'd be fun like i said a little stupid but I think you could but definitely have to make money. money. But stupid and not dangerous. Not dangerous <laughs> in the slightest. Uh, yeah, that's the pod. Uh, if you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Maybe even leave a review. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Also, we have merchandise on Teespring. Uh, the uh, link is in our social medias. I'm currently wearing the mismanaged logo shirt, uh, and I just have to say Westover hasn't been able to take his eyes off me. He looks sexy as hell. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even try, which makes it amazing. (laughs) In the words of legendary manager Billy Martin, quote, I'm getting smarter. I finally punched something that couldn't sue me. Unquote. <laughs> I don't want to read into Wait. that. So many horrible things. I uh-huh. want to say it's like a wall. I think he, punched a, he had to have punched a wall. Yeah, or a walrus. You know something? Walruses have legal They're rights. <laughs> They're all lawyers, turns out. Have you seen their mustaches? <laughs> pop, pop, pop. Oh, I say good sir. <laughs> good day to you. They're more parliamentarians than anything That's else. That's true. Thanks for listening, and remember... This was mismanaged. Bye-bye.